Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Alter Your Health Live, your source of information and inspiration to promote the holistic transformation of your health and the health of our planet. I'm your host, Dr. Benjamin Alter. And I'm your co-host, Susanna Alter. We're really happy to be with you as always. And if you're tuning in live, feel free to give us um, a wave or a hello and let us know you can hear us loud and clear. <laughs> and um, we're, we're t- excited about this episode because we're diving into a topic that literally everyone talks about or thinks about or at some point in their life comes across the idea of weight loss, weight release, weight management. It takes on a lot of different flavors and shades in our world today. And we wanted to give our perspective because I've come to realize that the 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 viewpoint that Susanna louder loud and clear. Okay, cool. Thanks, Ellen. Uh, the viewpoint that Susanna and I have on weight release is certainly unique from the conventional orthodox weight release view. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into that. Yeah. All right. Well. I guess I'll start. Yeah. I'll start by saying, you know, I just want to speak to all the frustration there is out there on this topic because there are so many weight loss programs, diets, workout routines, and I feel like a a real common factor uh, amongst all of them is, uh, you know, this kind of conventional understanding that um, it's calories in versus calories out. So um, here you see these people on very restrictive calorie daily calorie diets where it's like less than you know 1500 or 1400 or even oh, 1200 calories yeah way less 800 calories I mean, or whatever we, it we is. were just we were just having a meal with someone a couple weekends ago and they were sharing with us their their program and you know they're like i wake up and i have 150 calories for breakfast a couple hundred calories for lunch and a few hundred calories for dinner and it's just like really? And you're alive after, you know, obviously we can survive in the state of caloric restriction, but it's not healthy. And we're going to talk about why 
it actually doesn't necessarily lead to weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, the World Health Organization recommends that all adult people get at least. 2,000 calories a day. And I mean, it definitely, it depends on your unique size and build. Everyone is different. Um, but just wanted to put that out there to normalize uh, getting adequate calories because yeah. weight, weight loss and weight gain is so much more than just calories in, calories out. Um, I think, you know, the perspective that Ben and I really uh, have on this topic is that we need to look at the underlying cause of any kind of weight gain that's been happening in your life throughout the years. And, and oftentimes it can be linked back to actually like, you know, something that is going on in your um, biophysiology. It's not just, you know, it's, it's not just the calories in calories out. If it was that simple, we would see a lot more people on these restrictive you know, calorie routines that are actually seeing results. And that's typically not what we find. Um, Usually the situation is that, um, you know, people will restrict calories. They may see a little change in their weight, but then it reaches a plateau. And then the body ends up feeling so deprived of all these calories that we usually respond to that by, you know, listening to these cravings to eat more because you know the body is wanting more energy and justifiably so so what are Susanna what are some of the root causes for weight gain Mm -hmm. if it's not just purely calories yeah well a lot of this information um that I'll that I'm about to say is um from Anthony Williams way of looking at it and uh, I, I really respect his approach and what he does is he, he kind of points to three areas in the body, the liver, the adrenals, and the thyroid as being key organs to uh, kind of con- contributing to weight gain. And um, so first, I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, they understand how thyroid is related to, mm-hmm. to weight gain. Um, that is something that is understood in the conventional medical world. Uh, typically, people with hypothyroid functioning tend to have weight gain in in the following that's, years. But that's have you seen that clinically, Doctor Susanna? Well, it's not. It's not like a super. Um, yeah. It's not like. There, there's, pl- there's plenty of people with hyperthyroidism who have weight gain. It's just mm-hmm. as common. Yeah. Weight gain is just as common, commonly associated with hyperthyroidism as it is hypothyroidism. And of course, there are plenty of people who are overweight who have normal thyroid function. Um, so, so associating weight gain with thyroid alone is totally, I think, like an irresponsible kind of diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um, and and thyroid alone is is never the root cause of weight gain, regardless of what your conventional doctor might be telling you. Um, so there's always the you know the endocrine system is interwoven and connected with all the other endocrine glands. So like you were saying, Susanna, the adrenals and the liver um, are key components in 
balancing the, the all of the the uh, hormones and endocrine systems. Exactly. Yeah, and so how how adrenals come into play is that when the adrenals are taxed and being stimulated to produce more and more cortisol, one of cortisol's functions is to increase blood glucose and also basically like utilize your fat stores, but then it can easily deposit fat in the center of your body, kind of right here in your belly. And so um, that's that's one of the known mechanisms for cortisol is to increase abdominal adiposity. And um, so thyroid and adrenals play into this, but I think actually what's happening um, in our modern age uh, with the kind of food that people are eating in the country and just the toxins that are just everywhere in our environment, the liver is actually the organ that is is being um, kind of beat up. Uh, yeah, and for multiple reasons. There are the strictly dietary reasons that tax the liver, the high-fat and high-protein diets that kind of clog up the liver and create a sluggish liver. And then there's, of course, the environmental toxicants that we're exposed to on a daily basis. And and that's one of the liver's 500 plus functions is to filter out all of these toxicants that accumulate in the bodies of animals that we eat and our bodies. And um, the fact of the matter is we are just overwhelmed in our world today with these sort of toxicants that just slowly accumulate over a lifespan. So maybe you've heard that with aging comes a slowing of metabolism. And that's simply not true. And we can see that it's not true when we look out and see there's plenty of people who are older who aren't gaining weight. Maybe it's more common to gain weight with age, but there are plenty of people who are not gaining weight with age. And there's obviously many reasons for that from genetic reasons, the environmental reasons, and so, so forth. But that kind of points to the fact that that rule, if you will, is not a rule. That, mm-hmm. is, a, that is a misunderstanding. And what in fact happens with age more commonly than just simply gaining weight is that our liver becomes more and more bogged down, more and more overwhelmed with toxicants, over the course of a lifespan because the liver is amazing how it filters through and detoxifies and does all of this on an ongoing basis day after day after day. But over the course of a lifespan, we simply can overwhelm it. So if we're not really taking care of our, our liver with, you know, being in a clean environment and eating clean foods, then our quote unquote, our metabolism will slow down as a result of our, sluggish liver Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and that's why you see um like a lot of times it's people entering into their 30s they might say like i just like i i don't really lose like i i'm just kind of my metabolism is slowing slowing. i can't lose weight as easily i can't eat the junk that i used to be able to eat and it and it's this liver piece it's like okay you've been on this planet for 30 years you've been exposed to you know X amount of toxins, and now your your liver is um, becoming a little sluggish. Yeah, and obviously we can't run and hide and live in a bubble and keep ourselves free from 
toxic exposure. And that's not necessarily the goal, but the goal is to live in a way that allows the body to naturally be resilient, naturally be able to function in how it normally does. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and what that really means is the the most leverage and the most power that we have in this arena is when it comes to our food choices. And of like that's as simple as that. Because food is medicine. Because food is medicine. It's, yeah. it's either medicine or it's poison. And so I also want to talk about so when the liver gets sluggish. And you might think like, oh, is this the same as fatty liver? This the sluggish liver we're talking about is kind of like the pre pre fatty liver. You won't see any elevated liver enzymes on your comprehensive metabolic metabolic panel. Um, so with the sluggish liver, you've um, basically what's happening is it's not able to produce as much bile as the liver usually does, and bile is a key component to digesting fats and digesting proteins. And, and so you have this digestive piece as well. Like if you're not able to absorb fats, then it'll stick around in your intestines and you'll either just, you know, let it go and you're out of your, you know, with your bowel movements or it'll be stored somewhere in the body. And, um, so there's that piece. And where did I want to go with that? I don't know. Um, Ellen, Ellen is asking <laughs> if we could share more about specific liver support because there's so many cleanses available in our world today. And that's totally accurate. There are a lot of different liver products and that sort of thing. And maybe it would be helpful to focus an episode in the future on liver support and liver cleansing. Um, but I wanted to maybe focus in this talk more about a nutritional person, you know, supporting weight release nutritionally, which of course, keeping the liver clean and cleanses is, is a factor. But I don't think that a liver cleanse is absolutely crucial for a weight release program. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's obviously, you know, depends on the individual. And I actually think one of the most powerful ways to restore the liver and cleanse the liver at the same time is actually with healing foods because part of like what is really going to help restore the function of the liver is building up glycogen stores within the liver. And you need food in order to do that. Like you, you yeah. will not rebuild glycogen in like a cleansing fasting state. Yeah. So not only do you need food, you need carbohydrates to make glycogen. You need carbohydrates to make glycogen, which a lot of these weight loss programs are low carb programs. Mm -hmm. So not only are they starving the body, but they're starving the liver. Yeah. And when you're starving the liver, the liver can just is just that much more stressed and bogged down. So the liver is in a, in a state of stress. Maybe your psychology is in a state of stress. Um, all of the physiology is kind of being taxed and stressed under conventional weight, weight loss programs. Mm -hmm. So our approach to this is feeding the body feeding the body optimally, feeding the body abundantly, keeping nourished, no counting carbs, no restriction in any sort of way, but focusing on whole foods, plants, fruits and vegetables, naturally lower in fat, 
um, you know, because when we're eating whole foods, we, it, you know, you're not going to be drinking oil. So that's where, that's the starting place for any weight release program is a diet that's naturally low fat, higher in complex carbohydrates, focusing on plants, fruits and vegetables. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be that much more complicated. (laughs) But that being said, there are some other things that I want to talk about. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just, I feel like, you know, in response to what you just said, this, this way of, you know, fueling the body with lots of high quality carbohydrates and fruits and vegetables, it seems a little, um, you know, scary and counter. Yeah, exactly. Counterintuitive. Um, because what, what we've been hearing over and over again is that carbohydrates make you fat, carbohydrates make you fat. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, well, they don't first, you know, the first and foremost, they carbohydrates don't make you fat. Um, simple carbohydrates are associated with obesity But the reason that is, is because simple carbohydrates are most commonly consumed with fat. For example, a donut is simple carbohydrates drenched in fat. Um, Potato chips, simple carbohydrates drenched in fat. A cookie, simple carbohydrates drenched in butter and fat. Um, You know, and so so not many people are simply just taking spoonfuls of sugar and eating that. That isn't a healthy thing to do. Not many people are just taking spoonfuls of flour, white flour, and eating it. They're usually eating it in this perfect storm of uh, saturated fat and chemicals and preservatives and food coloring and refined stuff, mm-hmm. you know. so the So carbohydrates only make you fat if you're eating them with fat. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And carbohydrates are super important for weight release and weight loss because they are naturally calorically low, naturally low calorie. So when you eat, for example, a big bowl of broccoli, you know, if you can think of like a big, I don't know, like salad bowl full of broccoli, that might be 300 calories worth of broccoli. But those 300 calories of broccoli are going to fill your stomach like almost completely. Mm. And you might be hungry an hour later or something like that. But you, in the process, you are triggering all of these different stretch receptors in the stomach that signal the brain that we're full. Mm. And it's important to get into this natural organic rhythm of satiation and hunger and trusting our hunger signals and trusting our satiated our satiatory signals that the brain um, produce well yeah and even i mean i feel like broccoli is an extreme example because broccoli is really low in calories but even potatoes even rice even beans um you know, these are, these are higher in the carbohydrate load, but they're still, they're still calorically dense and really high in fiber. And so they're going to have the same effect. They're going to, um, work on those stress receptors and 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so if we're focusing on any one nutrient, we're focusing in on fiber for weight release because fiber is a bulking agent. It um, stretches the stomach. And in, in addition to fiber simply bulking our, our food and making our, the quantity of food bigger, um, fiber feeds the bacteria in our gut that are healthy. So, so we're in this whole age of studying the microbiome and anal analyzing these microbes in the gut that support health and longevity. And we've found that there are different populations of microbes that that actually support maintaining a healthy, normal weight. And when, in order to increase the population of these weight, um, healthy weight promoting microbes, we need to be feeding them the proper prebiotic foods, the proper fiber. And these, the, the, these sorts of fibers are found in anything from, you know, broccoli to potatoes to beans and legumes. Um, you know, a diversity of fiber sources is really key in maintaining the diversity of the microbiome to support a healthy weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that research. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's amazing. Oh, it really it's, is amazing. It's amazing. So a lot of people say, oh, you know, beans make me fart or, um, or I can't do potatoes for whatever reason, or I or, can't do fruit. fruit. Yeah. Fruit makes me gassy. It doesn't uh, make me gas. Yeah, I'm but saying. it's it's just a very common thing. So so it it's a, there is a, an a, an element of kind of training the body, training the physiology to accept these healing nourishing foods. And when it comes to high fiber foods like beans and legumes and um and potatoes, sometimes it's important sometimes it's important to just gently introduce these more so on a you know spoonful by spoonful basis mm -hmm. and when it comes to fruit sometimes it's important to eat fruit by itself as kind of a mono meal as you might maybe you've heard you know just eating a meal of bananas or just eating a meal of apples or figs mm -hmm. or whatever's in season um try try doing just a fruit mono meal mm -hmm. that's a really great way of getting tons of vitamins and minerals and fiber and glucose and glycogen into the liver that just really like jump starts i, I just like whenever i think about a fruit mono meal i think about like the liver just being like i don't know just slurping it up and just like this all this energy that's healing and cleansing the liver yeah, and so we have a couple of comments I wanna I wanna um, touch on. The first yeah. is is Ellen saying that she feels like when uh, that excess weight easily released from her body when she increased intake of carbs and lots of fruit. So that's thank yeah. you. <laughs> and the, and and maybe a a reason for that is when people focus on eating more complex carbohydrates, naturally the diet becomes lower in fat. It's just kind of, you know, you can't, you, if you're increasing one, you got to be decreasing in another. So and the liver likes that. Yeah. And then we have a comment to what if you need to gain weight on a raw vegan diet and have a hard time eating a large amount? That's a great question. That's a great question. This, this conversation is obviously about weight release, but weight gain um, is a matter of just eating enough food. And a lot of people... Well, I mean, let's get let's get to this question at the end of the conversation, if you don't mind holding on. Um, yeah. Because I don't want to get totally sidetracked, but there is more to say than that um, for weight gain. Yeah. So, 
Um, lots of honey. Okay, so, um, but yeah, I... Is there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, I'd love to say um, for liver restoration, there's also a lot of foods that are like really healing for the liver that are like a more potent kind of medicine mm -hmm. for the liver. Um, and these are going to be your your celery juice, your cucumber juice, lemon water. That's not a myth. That is a real liver mm -hmm. cleansing drink. Um, also, apples, spinach, wild berries. Those are kind of the big liver cleansing foods off the top of my head. And there's also herbs. There's um, silly bum, also known as milk thistle. There's uh, dandelion artichoke. root, artichoke. And um, so there's so much we can do to support the liver nutritionally. And um, if anyone is interested in doing this, this is like one of the areas that Ben and I are really passionate about supporting clients on um, to tailor this, you know, specifically to you. So, um, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously there's no one prescription for everybody. Exactly. Everyone's got their preferences. Everyone's got their individual connection with their journey and um and yeah we're not we're not, we're not trying to oversimplify this weight release process but that being said keeping you know keeping the mind free of all the distractions of um the different supplements and protocols that are being sold nowadays i think is important and just going to the grocery store and shopping in the produce section and focusing on the colorful fruits and vegetables and just trusting that that high vibrational food, high vibrational nutrition is in fact what the body is craving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the other thing I want to say about this is that, um, you know, so many in, in this weight loss industry, so much of it is like, ah, get fast results with this product. And, yeah. um, and the truth is like, it took many years for, you know, the, the organs, your liver to kind of, you know, accumulate this, uh, to, to get to this state. So it's going to take time to reverse all of that. And there's no, you know, like it, it there's, we can't give like an exact amount of time that yeah. it, it does take time. And, and it's actually sometimes I think that people feel better more quickly even than, than they might have realized is mm -hmm. possible yeah. when, when they do stay really, you know, laser focused on the healing foods. Mm -hmm. um, Hydration. Yeah. Hydration is, is key. really important. It's one I always forget about, but it is so important to keep the liver hydrated with yeah. lots of good quality water. And then the other thing that we didn't really talk about, which is super important, but it kind of, you know, we were kind of touching on it throughout this conversation is this stress idea. Mm -hmm. It's really impossible to lose weight when we're stressed out. Well, that's not entirely true. Some people, some people's constitutions tend to, when they're stressed, they tend to restrict and other people tend to binge and, you know, other, you know, people have their individual kind of how, how they are gear up in stress. But the bottom line is to heal and restore the liver and restore the body and everything that's going on. Functioning in times of stress is um, our bodies are not 
wired to heal when we have stressful hormones and stressful signals coursing through our bodies. So figuring out ways to, you know, be in a state of restoration and relaxation is key. And whatever that looks like, it's a, obviously an, another individualized thing, but being super neurotic about food and caloric restriction and all this sort of thing does not in any way support the body in calming down and being in a state where it can just uh, be in a state of restoration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So, um, so thanks for, for all of your attention and your comments and we'll address this weight gain question up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and any other? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, let me, let me tune in any last things <laughs> I want to say. Well, as Susanna's tuning in, I'll just remind the listeners out there for the next couple of weeks, I guess we're mid- midway through October. So for a couple more weeks, we are, offering 25% off of our programs at Alter Health. So go to alter.health to learn more and find more about the podcast at alter.health slash podcast. And Susanna? I guess the, the last thing that came to me is like, I just really wanted to hit home that like, you know, like you, like you can eat this way and feel completely satisfied, you know, like no restriction. Yeah. And to me, that is just such kind of a revolutionary way of thinking about eating for for weight release because you know, as far as I know, most of most of the approaches are about restriction and um, and yeah, and I don't think that yeah um, you know, I think restriction is inherently stressful, so yeah, totally, yeah, Suzanne and I were just walking around this morning just reflecting on how amazing we feel and how like we we love exercising and that's another thing that notice that we didn't talk anything about exercise in the last 28 minutes because people need to start with food start you know start with the the thing that you're doing three times a day and um then you know then there can be energy to exercise then there can be energy to enjoy other things in life but i think it's important to start with uh, the simple thing that we do day after day after day mm-hmm. so on that note yeah yeah all right all right until next time you guys peace and love thanks for tuning in